Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I, of course, am your host, the purveyor of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. How are all the fiction peddlers doing today? It's Tuesday, right after the long Memorial Day weekend, and uh, hopefully you guys actually got outside and, and did something. It was a pretty nice weekend, at least around here in Chicago. We got some nice weather. I didn't do much uh, Saturday or Sunday, but I did get out for a nice round of 18 yesterday, and man, it was a scorcher. It was like 85 degrees, and I was running on empty. I had gotten almost no sleep the night before. Man, just I hadn't swung a golf club in about six months, but uh, it was still fun, still a good time, and not not terrible in terms of the COVID operational changes at the golf course. Didn't have to wear a mask, but they did limit everybody to parties of two. So you couldn't golf with more than two people. And I don't think for, I don't know if they would allow solo golfers, which I don't know why they wouldn't, but my old man was telling me that in Milwaukee, he can't just play by himself. In Milwaukee, those idiots are forcing people into twosomes and foursomes for some retarded reason. I have no idea what the justification for that would be. But they wouldn't let you take carts. So I get because I guess you'd be driving in the same cart and you wouldn't be social distancing or something. So we had to walk the whole 18 and that was exhausting (laughs) and uh, uh, good exercise, I guess. But I've been I've been working out pretty frequently, so I didn't I've been staying in shape, relatively speaking. But man, I got I got bad knees and I don't know, walking 18 just really. uh really took a lot out of me. Oh, and they didn't have the driving range open. So that was that was uh, aggravating. I couldn't go and at least warm up with a bucket of balls and then maybe do nine. No, no. You just got to go right onto the course and, and just start swinging. But I uh, had a couple nice drives, a couple nice chips, and uh, a putt or two. That looked, that looked pretty good. It's just unfortunately, I could never put that all together on the same hole. <laughs> But uh, it, it was a good day. It was great. It was great to get out, get outside, get some sun. Haven't seen the sun in six months either. Being here in Chicago, it's been long winter. But just to get outside and start living your life again. I mean, look, there's more to life than simply not dying. And I feel like over the last couple of months, just because of some virus, people have forgotten that. Like, we're all content to just sit around and not die. I disagree. I disagree. Go out and live your life. 
it will bring you untold amounts of joy. And I got to avoid pretty much all of the Memorial Day coverage, which really bothers me, as I think it does a lot of libertarians who who recognize the amount of propaganda that goes into the military-industrial complex. You know, if the coverage was anything like it has been my entire life, it's just a constant praising of all the men and women who are serving overseas, allegedly to protect our freedoms. And there is something noble about wanting to do that, to, to sign up and put your life on the line to, to protect others. The problem is that's really not what they're doing. And that's not what our military has been doing for as long as I can remember. We're just involved in all of these proxy wars and regime change wars and wars that we have no business being in. They're wars to support the empire. They're not to support our freedom or, like our government says, our interests, meaning when most people hear that, they think, oh, like the American people's interest. No, no. The, uh, our interests are not tied up over in Iraq or Afghanistan or in Yemen or wherever. That has nothing to do with our interests. That has to do with the interests of our federal government. And that's what they mean when they say that. And then, of course, most of the people nowadays that go into the military, they're essentially being bribed to do it. They're, they're poor people that got bribed into military service because it was the only way that they could see a future for themselves. It was the only way they could get an education or the only way they could get any money or get out of the bad circumstances they were under. And a lot of them come back very disillusioned and disgruntled and with a lot of mental problems because of everything that, that they do to them over there and everything that they see, and they realize that they were bamboozled, that they were tricked into signing up for this thing. They were told a lie, and they had to do things. They had to sign their life away, and they had to do things that they didn't want to do because the reason they were being told for doing it wasn't actually true. That's why Ron Paul got more votes from active military members than any other Republican candidate combined in, I think, 2012, if I remember correctly. But if you really want to honor all of the fallen troops and all of the troops that are currently serving, the best way to do that is to end all of these illegal, immoral wars. We haven't declared any war since World War II. And, of course, those documents, you know, the ones that all of these politicians have sworn an oath to uphold and defend, require Congress to declare war which would mean that every war since World War II has been illegal. And uh, these are definitely illegal. They're immoral. We have no business being over there. And just bring the troops home. End these foreign wars, the longest running in American history. Close down all of these military bases we have all over the world. And then we can actually turn the Department of Defense into... Actually that, the Department of Defense, not the Department of Offense, which is what they are now. We could slash the military budget, and we wouldn't have all of these companies just making billions and billions of dollars off of slaughtering people in third world countries, who, by the way, always seem to be of the black or brown persuasion. Isn't that interesting? Nobody seems to mind you know, racism and, and bigotry, that this is uh, going to be the theme of today's show. But 
nobody seems to mind when we go overseas and just kill them indiscriminately. If it's for military purposes or to protect our freedoms or we got to fight them over there so they don't come over here and, and other ridiculous lies we tell ourselves. But I mean, what's th that's got to be the worst form of racism is going and killing other people that, that don't look like you. And that's all our military has been doing my entire life. And the ironic thing is we actually do need them to fight for our freedoms. We need these troops to come back here and start fighting to restore all the freedoms that we've lost here in the United States. We didn't lose any freedom over in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're losing our freedoms every day here. We've, all, we've lost all of these freedoms due to COVID. So bring the troops back, and they should be fighting for us against all these tyrannical authoritarian government policies of keeping people locked up in their houses, not allowed to open their businesses, not allowed to walk down the street. How about fighting for those freedoms? I mean, forget what's going on over there. I don't care. Nobody cares. The vast majority of Americans can't find Iraq on a map. Anyway, <laughs> happy belated Memorial Day, everybody. <laughs> and um, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the news today. I think that's kind of typical coming off of a long weekend. The markets were going bonkers today. They're they're still open. We're going into the close here pretty soon, and it looks like we're getting a big rally in the stock market because another um, pharmaceutical company is undergoing phase one trials. Look, we're going to keep getting a lot of these bogus rallies. I, I wouldn't like buy into all of this hype. There's going to be all of this optimism every time somebody announces, oh, there's new hope for a vaccine and everybody's going to go bonkers thinking that this is going to be the greatest thing in the world. And they'll be able to do that for probably a lot longer than most people would think. It's the same thing they were doing last year with the China trade deal. Every two weeks when the market would be down, somebody would come out and announce like, oh, we're making progress with China and then you'd have like a four or 500 point rally in the Dow. I, I think this is going to be the same thing just with a, a vaccine that's never going to materialize. And I think that is already built, like uh, baked into the stock market. Uh, and if, you know, it's going to end up being a buy the rumor, sell the fact kind of thing. Once, if we ever do get a vaccination or something like that. I don't think you'll get the rally that everybody's looking for because the only reason the market is as high as it is is because everyone's hoping that this COVID thing will go by the wayside where it belongs. But I, I think a lot of that is already baked in. So um, seeing as it was a slow news day, I thought I would take on a topic that has been in the news and I didn't really touch upon it much on the last episode when I was dealing with the Biden interview and he was talking about how he's going to do all these things for the black community. And one of the things he's going to do and that he's been talking about doing since I think I remember him talking about this during the debates is that he has pledged to hire or nominate a black woman for vice president. And this, of course, gets picked up by the corporate press and all the Democrats. And he's receiving all this praise because he's going to, no matter what, hire a woman and most likely a black woman for uh, vice president. And this is just the greatest thing ever, right? He's, he's this great, wonderful leader, and this is exactly what we need. I guess we'll just forget about the fact that 
this is blatant, open discrimination against all men and most likely white women. But for some reason, that's apparently okay now. It's okay that we, we uh, discriminate against people in the hiring process for one of the highest uh, job titles in the country, right? Vice president. This is apparently okay, even though it violates all of these federal anti-discrimination laws and gender discrimination laws and things like that, that the Democrats are the champions of. They're always beating these uh, this discrimination drum, this anti-discrimination this, gender discrimination that. If a company were to do this, if a private company were to openly advertise the fact that they aren't considering certain genders for a role or certain people with a skin color for a, a position at their company, not only would they be sued, but they would be boycotted, like people would be rioting in the streets. And just imagine if a Republican had done this, if a Republican came out, because the argument from uh, the guy that was doing the interview and Democrats and Joe Biden, it's like, well, black people are the reason you're getting the nomination. They're the reason you're getting elected. And you want to have a vice president that represents all of your constituents. Right. So what if a Republican comes out and he's like, you know, white old men are the ones that helped me get elected. So I'm going to make sure that their needs are considered above everybody else's. And I'm going to nominate, I'm only going to consider old white men for my cabinet positions. <laughs> I mean, how well do you think that would go over with the corporate press, with the rest of society that just praises this behavior from Biden? And this is just so revealing. It's so revealing. All of this is just projection. All of this racial projection that I talk about on this show from the Democratic Party, how they obsess about everything race-related and gender-related because they're the ones that view people in terms of what their gender is, what their sexuality is, what their skin color is. That's clearly the most important thing to them in any circumstance. It's what they see first and foremost. But the message from Biden here and all of the people that support this, particularly the black people and all of the corporate press, the message is that women particularly black women, can't compete. They can't compete with men. They're not as good. They aren't as good as men. They are inferior. And black women are particularly inferior to not only men, but also to white women. And therefore, they need to be given special privileges, special consideration. And since they're inferior to everybody else, they require all of this affirmative action to get these types of jobs. And the reason men aren't being considered in fact, the reason men are being excluded by Biden is because he's assuming that the only way a woman would ever qualify for vice presidency is if men were disqualified from being considered. That's the only possible way a woman could ever get this job because obviously women are inferior to men. This is what they are saying, inherently what they are saying by doing this. And this is just gender discrimination, plain and simple. I can't believe it gets praise. It, it, it amazes me. But it's at the heart of this Democratic Party is this um, collectivist nonsense where they don't view people as individuals, but they're members in this special designated group that they can carve out all of these exceptions for, all of these privileges for. 
and then they can pander to them constantly to get their vote. And this is why Biden made that joke that not voting for him means you're not black, right? He just assumes that all black people are going to vote for him by default. It's, it's truly amazing. And look, I mean, I believe, in fact, I know that you have the right to discriminate. And that's, I'm going to get into that later. You, you should be able to, to discriminate based on whatever criteria you want. As a private business owner, you have the right to do that. You should have the right, the, the right to hire anybody you want for whatever reason you want and to fire anybody that you want for whatever reason. It, it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't have to justify your hiring practices for your own private business. And they should have to suffer the consequences for whatever their policy may be. You suffer those consequences in the marketplace. But the right to discriminate, that does not apply to public employment, to government employment. They have to put their personal prejudice aside and hire the most qualified applicants for the job. That is their duty because it's the taxpayers that are on the hook for all of this. We suffer the losses for their incompetence. We suffer the losses for their prejudicial hiring practices. See, if, if you allow it in the marketplace, it's the business owner that has to suffer for his prejudice. Okay, but in, in government, then it's everybody else who doesn't have a say in anything who's supposed to be represented by these people who actually suffer because of the bad decisions government employees are making. And because, remember, the government doesn't actually own anything, or at least it shouldn't, right? These are supposed to be the people's jobs, right? That's, that's the lie that we tell ourselves, that they work for us, supposedly, okay? So they don't get to interject their personal preferences over ours. They have to represent the will of the people. And the people are all supposed to get equal representation and equal opportunity and equal government and all that stuff. But the funny thing is that, okay, let's say the government is able to openly discriminate, a la Joe Biden. You can post a job position. You can say, only black women can apply for this. I will not be considering anybody else. Okay, fine. If it's okay for the government to do it, why isn't it okay for private individuals to do it? Why are there laws against that? Why are we carving out, all, once again, all of these exceptions for government? We, we do this all the time in, in this weird society that we live in. Things that are unacceptable and illegal for private individuals to do are somehow okay for the government to do. I'd really like to see a lawsuit filed against the Biden campaign or Joe Biden for uh, gender discrimination. Wouldn't that be amazing? Somebody files that. I know it won't happen, but I'd still just love to see it and watch all of these idiots try and justify what they're doing through some mental gymnastics that they've like, like what they had to do with the Tara Reid thing, come up with some excuse as to why it's okay that Biden's discriminating against more than half of society for a cabinet position when in any other scenario, any other situation, it's illegal to discriminate. And, you know, this isn't only illegal and immoral, in my opinion. It's just bad politics. I mean, leave it to Biden to go about this the completely wrong way. What he should have done, and I remember thinking this at the time when he announced this in, like, one of the debates, I think. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire a, a black woman for vice president. Like, you can count on that or so something to that effect. I remember thinking, what an idiot. This guy is just such an idiot. What he should have done 
was spend all of his time talking about how he's going to hire the most qualified person for the job, the most qualified vice presidential candidate, the person who's going to do the best job for the country, and then go ahead and pick the black chick that he was going to pick all along. At least that way, it would at least seem like you pretended to approach this properly, and people would have a hard time making the argument that he picked a a lesser qualified person simply because they were the right gender or the right skin color or both. Now it's like, well, no matter what, I'm going to hire, I'm going to pick a black chick to do this job, even if it's, uh, even if there's a more qualified person out there. That's essentially what he's telling the world. It doesn't matter who whoever applies for this job, they won't be considered unless they're a black woman. It does they could be the best vice presidential candidate ever, the most qualified, the the person that would like it could be like the messiah coming into VP and he wouldn't consider them because they're not a a black woman. And you know what else I find interesting about this whole I don't know, this whole thing, this whole racial thing. It's like if you were to be critical of someone because of their skin color, if you were to attack them or denigrate them or judge them in any negative way because of the color of their skin, which is an immutable quality, right? If you were to do that, everybody in the world would be falling all over each other. All the blue check marks on Twitter, politicians would be grandstanding, people would be virtue signaling. They'd be falling all over each other to come out and tell you how superficial that is, and how skin color doesn't really matter, that it's this meaningless criteria to use, and just plain stupid and evil to judge people based off of it. Shame on you. Shame on you. And they would be right. They would be right, albeit they'd be obnoxious, but they would be absolutely right in saying that. However, if you were to come out and glorify someone literally only because of their skin color, like Biden is doing with his vice presidential pick, like they do with all of these presidential candidates that are like that are just women or they're like a, a minority and that's, a, that's just good enough, apparently. All that stuff that they do. When you frame the superficial skin color in a positive light, well, now it's the greatest thing in the world. It should be revered. All of a sudden, judging people, hiring people based solely on how much melanin they have in their skin, well, that's just noble. That's the right thing to do. You should receive praise for that. It's no longer a meaningless quality that shouldn't affect the way people view you. Oh, no, no, no. It's first and foremost the only thing that matters. Everything else is now secondary. I, I just find that very, there's something very funny about that to me. But what I want to do with the remainder of today's show is really dive into discrimination and your right, yes, uh, your right to discriminate. And I said it, you have the right to discriminate. I think it's the mark of a free society. You are not free unless you are free to discriminate. And there seems to be a lot of confusion as to what a right is, what kind of rights we actually have in today's society. And you'll hear politicians proclaiming things rights like the Bernie Sanders of the world. Healthcare is a human right. Education is a right. Housing is a right. These are not rights. Okay. This is, they are, they are destroying, they are perverting 
the definition of what a right is. You don't have the right to stuff, okay? You don't have the right to be provided with things. You don't even have the right to eat at a restaurant or to buy a cake or, or the right to a job. Th those are not rights, okay? You have what are called negative rights. You have the right not to be killed, for instance, right? But you're right because your rights cannot impose an obligation on someone else to provide those things for you. Otherwise, you'd be violating the provider's rights by forcing them to do something against their will. And so you might say, well, John, don't I have the right to not be discriminated against? That's a negative right, wouldn't it be? No, no, it's not. Because in, in exercising that right, you're forcing somebody to do something against their will. You're forcing an obligation upon them. You're, you're forcing them to serve you food at the restaurant. You're forcing them to bake you a cake. You're forcing them to give you a job. So, no, you don't have a right to not be discriminated against. And we have to, as a society, you have to be able to tolerate other people's intolerance. That's another mark of a free society, is your willingness to tolerate intolerance. Now, you don't have to celebrate it. You don't have to condone it, but you do have to tolerate it. Tolerance is not synonymous with acceptance. And while you may find certain people's discriminatory behavior abhorrent, and I, I believe me, I do as well. In many instances, I find discrimination to be wrong, terribly wrong. But that doesn't mean that you don't tolerate it. And you know, all of these people in the LGBTQ community, the transgenders, minorities, they all want everyone in society to tolerate their existence. And most people do, myself included, most people do. But some don't. But so what? So what? You have to tolerate that. Tolerate their intolerance. You can't ask everyone on the face of the earth to tolerate you and then turn around and be unwilling to tolerate them. That, that's ridiculous. It has to cut both ways. They don't approve of your gender-neutral lifestyle or whatever. That's fine. Okay. They need to tolerate that existence the same way uh, you need to tolerate their existence of, of being a bigot or whatever. As long as they aren't aggressing against anybody, as long as nobody's aggressing against otherwise peaceful people, you need to tolerate their existence the same way they need to tolerate yours. You may disagree with their bigoted lifestyle, but you tolerate it. They disagree with your gay lifestyle, but they tolerate it. And as long as nobody's doing ag any aggression, they can go off and, and live their, their bigoted lifestyle and not hurt anybody else. So, you know, who cares? Who cares? And forcing people to accept you against their will isn't going to produce the desired outcome you want anyway. And I've never understood this urge to force people to do things for, like to force people against their will to serve you or to accept your, your lifestyle. Just can't you, can't you just tolerate them and, and be done with it? I mean, what good is forcing your will on other people going to do? It's not going to have the desired outcome you want. It's just going to breed resentment. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you force a business 
like what they what those gay couple did to the bakery a few years ago where they tracked down like the one business that's unwilling to serve them for whatever reason and then you destroy their business okay be out of resentment for them because they weren't willing to they were willing to tolerate your lifestyle. They weren't doing anything to harm you. They just didn't want to bake you a cake. And so you destroy them. You ruin their lives. You think they're going to come away from that experience more willing to accept you? Of course not. Of course not. And why would you want to force somebody to do something for you anyway? Like forcing a photographer to take pictures of your gay wedding? Why would you want to do that? They're probably going to take terrible pictures out of spite. Or baking the cake. I mean, that's got to be the worst. You have to eat it. You have to eat the cake. What if they do something to it? What if they give you, like, really bad food poisoning or something? Or, or you know, take a shit in the batter? I don't want to eat that fucking cake. I don't want to eat a cake from somebody who doesn't want to serve it to me. What are you, crazy? And why would you want to patronize a company that doesn't believe in your, your right to exist? Why would you want to give them your money? If they disagree with your very existence, I'd like these people to be out in the open. Personally, I want to know exactly who I don't want to be doing business with. So I know who to avoid. There was a, you know, a restaurant that didn't want to serve, you know, short Italian guys. I'm not going to give them my money. Screw them. I'll go give it to somebody who, who appreciates me, who doesn't mind that I'm under six feet tall. And, uh, my dad's family comes from Sicily. And what if you just want to have a business that specializes in something? What's wrong with that? What if I only want to do gay weddings or, or Jewish wedding? Because those are different, right? What, what if I don't want to do a Catholic wedding because I specialize in Jewish weddings? I, I can't have a, a specialization? Why do you have to serve everybody? Why do you have to be everything to everybody? We don't apply that equally because I know there's, there's definitely like gyms and everything that only allow female uh, females to work out there. I wouldn't be allowed in. That's discrimination. We have big and tall clothing stores. They're not required to, to stock stuff for little people. <laughs> Where shoe stores aren't required to have like every size shoe possible. Gigantic shoes. There are female shoe stores that only carry female stuff. I'm sure there are men's shoe stores that only carry men's stuff. Like what's wrong with that? They're discriminating, right? I can't just go into one of those stores and demand that the big and tall stores serve me with regular sized people clothes. That's not what they do. I don't have a right to be provided with clothing options. They have the right to discriminate against me. I'm not their market. This is all just ridiculous. Businesses should be able to discriminate in their hiring practices, their firing practices, and who they serve. Just like every day of our lives, everybody else walking around the street discriminates. We all do it. Everybody discriminates. You shouldn't lose that right just because you start a business. And like I said, we don't have a right to be provided with stuff, and we don't have a right to a job. That job belongs to the employer, that business belongs to the business owner. They get to do with their property what they see fit. They get to associate with who they want to. They get to work with who they want to. It's theirs. It belongs to them. The truth is we have the right to discriminate and we exercise it on a daily basis. That's individual liberty. I mean, all the ladies out there, all you ladies listening to the Peddling Fiction podcast, how many times... Have you discriminated against dating a certain type of man? 
Maybe you only date white guys or black guys or maybe tall guys. Or maybe you're into short guys. Or maybe uh, only guys with great hair. You discriminate against bald guys. Okay, that's fine. That's your right. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to go out with everybody, every guy that asks you. I wish you did, especially for the sake of uh, all the weird libertarian guys out there. But, um, you know, we're not going to force that on you. You're not forced to have sex with everybody. Of course not. That'd be ridiculous. I don't have the right to not be discriminated against by some chick I'm trying to pick up. And, you know, I get this argument a lot when I talk about this with other people. It's like, well, I I think that if you're going to open up a business and you're going to offer something to people, then you have to offer it to everybody. Otherwise, you shouldn't be allowed to be in in business. And I will direct you back to the, the sex thing from a second ago. All right. Just because you're offering sex to some people doesn't mean that you have to offer it to everybody or you can't give it to anybody else. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that's basically what you're saying for, for business owners. They get to do with their property what they see fit, just like you get to do with your body, which is your property, what you see fit. You, you don't have to give it to every guy just because you gave it to one guy or you don't get to have any sex at all. What kind of ridiculousness is that? There's no difference between that and starting a business as far as I'm concerned. You're offering a service. <laughs> You're offering a product to certain people. Or hell, take prostitution because that is an actual business, selling sex. It's the oldest profession, right? You're telling me a prostitute has to have sex with everybody or they can't have sex with anybody at all? They're not allowed to discriminate on, on who gets to have sex with them. They're not allowed to determine if they don't want to have uh, if they don't want to offer their services to certain types of people. Come on, come on, think think this through, everybody. It's ridiculous. You have the right to refuse service to anybody you want based on any criteria you want as the business owner. It's nobody else's business to tell you how, who you have to serve. Or, or you don't have the right to be in business because you're not providing something that everybody can use or you're not providing it to everybody equally. That's for nobody to say but the person providing their property to other people. And, and you get to suffer those, um, those decisions. You get to suffer your prejudice in the marketplace. If you want to open up a, a whites-only bigoted uh, diner or whatever, okay, good luck staying in business. Good luck staying in business. There's even uh, most white people wouldn't want to go there, myself included. You're, you're closing yourself off to a ton of potential business by advertising that way. But you're not hurting anyone. You're not hurting anyone by not letting them eat at your diner. They don't have a right to eat at your diner. Nobody has the right to not be discriminated against. This is just another one of those special privileges that the government is bestowing upon certain groups of people in order to win their votes. We all have the right to discriminate. We do it on a daily basis in almost every aspect of our lives. You shouldn't lose that right just because you decide to open a business. You don't lose your rights as an individual because you decide to open up a shop and start offering products or services to people. And this ties into a lot of issues that we're seeing in, in everyday society now. We need to remember these principles. We saw it with the whole bake the cake thing, and now we're seeing it a lot more. You know, this ties into the whole social media platform thing, refusing to host certain people's content. 
I mean, that is their right. Their right to do that. You can discriminate. As unfortunate as it may seem, we don't have the right to march into someone's establishment and enslave them and force them to provide us with the product or service. That is not a right. And just because I stand up and defend someone's right to discriminate does not mean I condone their discrimination. Any more than me standing up for somebody's right to freedom of speech means that I agree with what they're saying. Do I find bigotry offensive? Yes, absolutely. Does that mean it should be illegal? No. No, it shouldn't. You tolerate it. That's part of a free society. You tolerate other people's differences, and that means racism, bigotry, whatever. Again, as long as they aren't aggressing against other people, if they just want to work with certain people or date certain people or make meals for certain people, you, you tolerate that. That is up to them. That's freedom of association. If you believe in free speech and the right of people to say things that offend you, then you should also believe that they should be able to live a lifestyle that offends you or associate with people that offends you. Let people associate with whom they choose. They aren't hurting anybody. You have the right to associate with whoever you want. That's what a free society is all about. In a society that isn't free, you suppress that right. You stomp it out. You make that behavior illegal. And as you can see, we no longer live in a free society, do we? That right has been taken away from us by government under the veil of providing us more freedom, right? They try to pretend like they're making everything more free when they're actually making us less free. But the last thing we want is some sort of government intervention into our lives, more laws being passed, more regulations to try to eliminate all offensive behavior from our lives. Now, there are all sorts of free market solutions to sort of mitigate people's discrimination and, and eliminate it as much as possible from society, like boycotting that will minimize this type of behavior and drive those uh, discriminatory businesses out of business. And if you're hiring people based solely on their skin color, you're going to suffer the consequences of that in the marketplace as well, because you're not hiring the most qualified individuals for the job and you're leaving them for your competitors. You're going to go out of business. And if we know who these, who these businesses are that are enga actively engaging in the, the processes that we don't like, you know, just don't go there. That's why you want them out in the open. Do you want them out of society? Get them out in the open so people know where they are and they don't give them their money and they'll go out of business. It, it, it's really simple. There are you know, voluntary free market solutions to these problems. We don't need the heavy hand of the federal government to come in and smash everybody over the head with uh, discrimination laws. And then the irony of all of this is that all of these uh, discrimination laws, gender discrimination, race discrimination, all these laws backfire. They have the exact opposite effect as their intended results, which is pretty much every government policy, always has all of these perverse, unintended consequences that they never want to be judged on. They always want to be judged on the intention. Well, you know, we don't want uh, black people discriminated against, so we're going to pass a discrimination law that makes that illegal. Well, th there's a couple problems with that. For one thing, they, they turn into weapons that people can then sue their employers for frivolously, 
I mean, most, how do you prove that the reason you didn't get the promotion was because you were black or because you were a woman or whatever, but really employers who would otherwise not be discriminating against people who otherwise would not discriminate against one of these protected classes, they're now incentivized to discriminate against them out of fear for being sued. Because all else being equal, in a free market, in an open market, employers are most concerned with one thing, the bottom line, making money, staying in business, making as much money as possible. And how do you do that? Well, you hire the best people for the job as possible, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their gender. If they are going to help you make more money, you are going to hire them. You don't care what they look like. You don't care what their sexuality is. You're a greedy capitalist, right? So who cares? But if you introduce all of this risk, all of these rules and regulations and, and compliance costs and p possible lawsuits that you're going to have to defend yourself against with, well, now you've been incentivized to consider other factors. Now you're being told by the government, hey, you know, um, if you hire this person, you better abide by all of these rules and regulations or, or they can sue you. So now everything's changed. The whole incentive structure for the employer has changed. Their whole thought process has changed, and their criteria for hiring people has changed. If I hire a black guy and it doesn't work out and I have to fire him or I have to pass him up for a promotion because there's a more qualified candidate, I'm opening myself up to all kinds of lawsuit liability. Why would I take that risk? Why take that risk? I'll just hire this white guy. He can't sue me for anything. He's just a straight white male. He's got no rights, according to our government. So I, I, I limit that risk, and I hire him. So I'm not even going to consider hiring black people in my hiring process now. I'm not even going to consider women in my hiring process. They're too risky because of all of these discrimination laws that can be used against me, even when I'm not actually engaging in discrimination. They've actually incentivized me to discriminate when all else being equal, that would not exist in the marketplace. But you see, the free market is the protection against bigoted or arbitrary discrimination, not the government. The free market will punish the business that isn't hiring the best people for the job, regardless of their skin color or their gender or their sexuality or whatever other characteristic. They're going to be punished in the marketplace and their non-bigoted competitors will get all of those good employees that they're passing up and they will beat them out in the marketplace. You will go out of business. You will lose out to your competitors. All the government solutions do, all of these anti-discrimination laws do, is send a message to would-be employers who aren't discriminating to discriminate. It's a big flashing sign that says don't hire women. Don't hire minorities because they'll sue you frivolously for millions of dollars and you'll probably end up going out of business. That's it. That's the extent of their solution. And of course, there's no constitutional authority for the government to stop you from discriminating either as a private individual. It's none of the government's business to get involved in a, a business's decision to hire or to fire. And we don't take the employee's rights away, the, the employee's right to discriminate who they work for, that's still intact. Why is it only the employers? Employers don't get to sue uh, prospective employees 
after they offer the employee a job and the employee turns it down because they don't want to work for whatever the employer is. They don't want to work for a woman or they don't want to work for a black guy. The employer can't sue over that. Why? Why is it always the business owner who has to abide by these laws and nobody else, not even the government? Joe Biden can openly advertise discrimination. The bottom line is the government shouldn't be able to take our right to discriminate away. And the ironic thing about it is they take that right away in a discriminant way. Like I said, employers aren't allowed to discriminate, but employees are. Everyone's allowed to discriminate against straight white men, but white men can't discriminate at all. And there's no equality under this law. This whole thing is a, is a disaster because there's no guiding principle. And that's why you, you get in, into all these situations where you're like, okay, X is okay, but Y isn't okay. Well, why? How do you, how do you explain that? The, f the fact is we can all discriminate. That is, it, that is your right to discriminate. And you may be thinking, you know, well, society is better off. Society's better off when people can't discriminate for certain reasons. I don't want to live in a society where people can't discriminate. But you better be careful. You better be careful because if the government can make it illegal to discriminate, they can also force you to discriminate. And who knows what sort of implications that's going to carry with it. Once you empower the government with the ability to stop you from discriminating because it's offensive, well, that's the tip of the iceberg. They, they can make it illegal for you to say things, for you to write things, or they can say that you can't think certain things. I mean, that, it's offensive. That, that thought process is offensive. Uh, thought police are out in full force. And once you allow them to control that, to determine what you can say, what you can think, what you can do, who you can associate with, you've lost all freedom. It's gone. The mark of a free society is your willingness to tolerate the intolerance of others. And you are not free unless you are free to discriminate. I'm going to wrap there, guys. Thank you all so very much for listening once again. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter if you want access to the world's best meme folder on the internet, at Pedal Fiction. Share the show with your friends. Download and subscribe. Give me a five-star rating on iTunes if you think the show is worth it. And if you want to become a supporting listener for the show, you can go to PedalingFictionPodcast.com. And if you can do all that for me, I will be back on Friday with a pre-recorded episode for you because I will be in Michigan. And until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.